Hi, I'm Mike, lead pastor at The Ridge, and this is our weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our desire is for you to grow in relationship with God, connect with others, and to experience God's purpose for life by adding value to the life of another. I hope that this message will build your faith and encourage you as we seek to grow together in God's Word. Enjoy today's message. Christmas. It's almost Christmas. I have a few things that remind me of Christmas. Help me out. What's this? Yeah, it's present. Hands up if you're going to get some of these in the next day or so. Yeah. All right. How, how about uh, this one? What's this? Yeah, this is a Christmas ornament. Kind of hard to tell. This one's a little ugly because I made this one myself. (laughs) There are better ones out there. Oh, and this. Lots of stuff like this. I'm not even sure what this is, but it looks good. And I'm going to eat this a little bit later. One more. What's this? Yeah, it's a baseball glove. And this is kind of an old grungy looking glove does this belong in christmas hear the story according to matthew chapter 1 verse 20 an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream and said joseph son of david do not be afraid to take mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the holy spirit She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, I'm going to guess that you've heard that word. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as men with men to dwell. Jesus, our... Yeah, you know that one. Or we sing it this way. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Only when we sing it, we're like all over the note chart. <laughs> Throw in a few extra syllables. Emmanuel. What, what does it mean? Well, Matthew in the Bible flat out tells us. Check it out. Verse 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. That's the theme that we've had this season at the Ridge. It's it's this. So here's what I want to do this afternoon. I'm going to point to this several times in the moments ahead. And when I do that, I'm going to invite you to participate with me and to say this word with. Got it? Let's try it. Ready? Yeah, good. Emmanuel, God, not above us. God, not around us. God, not thinking about us. Emmanuel means God. Yes with us. And maybe you're thinking, well, I know that. You know, I've had enough Christmases that I know Emmanuel and I know it means God with us. But but I'm kind of wondering, how does that work? 
I mean, practically speaking, how does that happen? You know, he was born a long time ago. He was crucified a long time ago. He ascended into heaven a long time ago. How, how does that actually work? I can't see him. How can God actually be with me? Well, being with it is about more than just physical proximity. Case in point. I have been told that there are some people who can be sitting in the very same room as you, and yet their minds can be far, far away. We give these people a name. Husbands. (laughs) The most frequently mentioned promise in the Bible. You know what it is? It's not, I will forgive you. The most frequently mentioned promise in all the Bible is this. God saying, I will be with you. He said this to Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you. And and Adam and Eve... Right When God created, He didn't just give them a list and say, hey, good luck with that. No, in Eden, God, He was right there with them. Uh, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Moses, to Samuel, to David. God said, I will be with you. 114 times in the Old Testament alone, God said to someone, I will be with you. You're kind of losing steam, so let's try that again. God said, I will be there we go. Thank you. We, we got more of these coming. Let's keep it up. Well, how about this one? When Jesus, when he grew up, with became one of his signature words. When he gathered that motley crew of 12, he said, I'm going to do life with you. And the authorities, when they saw these ordinary, unschooled men doing extraordinary things, they said, well, how do you explain that? And they said, here's how we explain that. These are the men who have been with Jesus. With. 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 That little word also contributed to Jesus when he grew being crucified on a cross. See, the religious leaders, they didn't like some of the things that Jesus was doing. They were ticked off. They called him a friend of sinners because, well, Jesus, he was hanging out with the wrong kind of people. Well, on the third day, right when Jesus was raised from the dead, last words of Jesus that we get from Matthew are these, chapter 28, verse 20. He said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's easy to get the Bible backwards. The Bible's not this story of, of people who, who highly and desperately want, want to be with God. Rather, it's the story of a God who highly and desperately wants to be with people. That's with. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Maybe you know this part of the Christmas story. You know about the with. And you realize, well, yeah, that's what Christmas is. God, He he left the heaven. He gave up some of His authority. He came here to that manger in Bethlehem. And He came to be with us. Have you ever wanted to be with Him? 
Have you ever reciprocated that? Have you ever thought, I want to be with God? Have you ever prayed these words, Lord, be with me? I imagine most of us have, and maybe even quite recently. Maybe you're on the way to grandma's house for Christmas, and the backseat bickering begins. You know, you say, Lord, help my kids not to kill each other. Be with me. Or Christmas shopping at the mall, it's cold. The parking lots are, are packed. And so you pray, Lord, help me to find a parking space in Jesus' name. <laughs> be, be with me. Or maybe it's final exam week. And right before you take the test, you say a quick little prayer. You say, Lord, be me. He'll be there. He'll be the one whispering, you really should have studied. That's his voice. This, this is mine. This is my boyhood baseball glove. And this thing's old. I mean, it's so old, the, the stamped on autograph, it's Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Actually, it's Reggie Jackson, but uh, about the same era. Why do I still have this? Why would I keep this? And what does this glove, what does it have to do with Christmas? Do you know how the story of Christmas begins? You say, well, isn't it something like this? Luke chapter 2, verse 13. It says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth. Peace to those on whom His favor rests. That, that's the most famous thing that the angels say. But you realize, that's not the only thing the angel said. Before the angels showed up in that field with the shepherds, you know, exclaiming glory, glory, glory to God in the highest, the angel Gabriel, earlier, he appeared to Mary and he said these words to her. Verse 28, chapter 1. Greetings, you who are highly favored. Read the rest of it with me. The Lord is with you. With. Notice, that came... Before the birth announcement, the very first message that the angel gave to Mary was this, the Lord is with you. Isn't that interesting? Of all the things that the angel could have said to Mary right before all these events at Christmas take place, why this? Why the Lord will be with you? I'll tell you what I think. I think it's because this angel knew he was about to ask Mary to do something exceedingly difficult. Today, we, we celebrate and we have fun around this time of the year. For Mary, it was different. The virgin birth. I mean, this angel knew there were going to be skeptics. This angel knew, Mary, you're going to be facing, well, you're going to be facing judgment, judgmentalism. You're going to be facing ridicule. You're going to be experiencing some shame. You are going to get labeled. Not a good time for Mary. You know, and we, we think and say, okay, well, how well do you know this story of Christmas? Do you know what happens next after the angel said that? Say, well, yeah, it, then doesn't she get on the donkey and go to Bethlehem? Not yet. 
Well, how about the manger? Not yet. Well, how about the inn where there's no room for Not yet. Luke tells us the next thing that happens after the angel appears and says these words to Mary, next thing that happens is this, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. She didn't go there for a week. She went there for six months. We usually skip that part of the Christmas story. Not a big deal. Why would Mary have done that? Why would she have spent six months doing that in Judea? Well, here's why. She did that to process all this virgin birth information with her cousin Elizabeth. You see in this? After the birth announcement, Mary went to be with family. Yes, with. Being with. It's still a thing. It's still a Christmas thing. Christmas was then and it still is about being with. Isn't that some of the things that we most enjoy and value about this season? Being with. Being with sons and daughters and moms and dads and being with brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and cousins and grandpas and grandmas. Some of you, you're experiencing that right now. Others of you aren't. Which is also why Christmas can at times be painful. Because it can stir some things up. I imagine that some of you this Christmas, there's somebody that that's missing. Someone that you really want to be with, that you want to experience withness, but, well, you're not. Maybe the reason, maybe this year it's because of the weather. Maybe they had a flight that got canceled or something got delayed and you're just, you're just kind of bummed out thinking, well, what, what's Christmas going to be like this year? Or, or maybe it's because there's distance. They live a long ways away. Maybe there's a disagreement in your relationship. Maybe there's been a breakup. Maybe there's been a divorce. Maybe there's a, a disease. Maybe it's someone th- that you love that's died. Is there anyone like that in your life? You're not experiencing Christmas with, and that hurts. You know that feeling? I do. Mary did. Maybe that's why the angel said these words. Verse 28. Greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Yeah, all right. Okay. So the angel says, the Lord is with you. Mary, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. When the Holy Spirit conceives Jesus in you and people don't buy that story, the Lord is with you. Thank you. Good. You're on that one. How about this? Mary, when, when it's time for you to, to share and break the news, the I'm pregnant news, but you're not the daddy to your fiance, Joseph, the Lord will be with you. Mary, when you head down to Bethlehem and you have that hundred mile journey and you're nine months pregnant and you're on the back of a donkey, the Lord is going to be with you. Mary, when Jesus is 12 years old 
and you can't find him in the city of Jerusalem, the Lord is going to be with you. And Mary, the day is going to come when, when you're going to see this baby of yours, when you're going to see this child, when this son who you so dearly and deeply love, the day is going to come when you see him suffering. The day is going to come when you see him, when you see him being beaten. The day is going to come when you see him being mocked. The day is going to come when you see him being crucified. Mary, on that day when you are hurting, on that day when you don't understand, on that day when you are confused with, the Lord is going to be right there with you. Because he is Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. See, that promise isn't just to Mary. It's to you. It's to me. No matter what it is that you're facing today, Christmas declares this. Matthew one twenty three. Let's read this together. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. God with us. Emmanuel. God, not somewhere out there. God, not off in the distance. God, not, you know, hey, someday down the road in the future. God, not not disconnected from us. God, not uninvolved with us. But rather, Emmanuel, God with us. Here, now, today, tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next. Do you recognize how amazing that is? I mean, think about that. Ponder that reality. You may know this story, but think about this. This is, is the, the God who created the whole works. He said, I'm going to set aside my power. i got a lot of things I can be doing, but I'm going to set aside that agenda. I'm going to set aside my authority. I'm going to set aside my majesty. I'm going to set aside my glory. I am going to enter into this fallen earth as a child, as a baby in a manger. Why? Well, because I want to be with them. You know, maybe... Today, for, for you, the reality is it's Christmas, but you're thinking, I got, I got money issues, or I got relationship issues, or I got marriage issues, I got parenting issues, I got job issues, I got school issues, I got health issues. Well, the promise of Christmas applies to you as much as it did to Mary, and it's this, Emmanuel, God with you, here, now, today. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, but but I'm in kind of a difficult season. I've got some hurt and some pain and some loneliness and, and some fear. Things aren't going exactly the way I want them to. I, I'm not feeling God right now. Emmanuel, whether we feel like it or not, that's a promise. God with us here, now, today. Or maybe for you, maybe you're uncomfortable right now. The only reason that you're you're checking out a church service is because it's Christmas. Maybe you're thinking, the, the things I'm doing, the things I've done, God with me, me, are you serious? 
God wouldn't want to be with me. And I'm not so sure I'd want to be with him. I've experienced enough shame and judgment in my life. That, that's not this. That's not the message of Christmas. Here are the words from Luke chapter 2, verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior, a Savior, a Savior. Jesus, He he didn't come to punish us. He didn't come to lecture us. He didn't come to shame us. He came to Rescue us. That's the good news of great joy. This God of ours, He he wants to to forgive our sins. He wants to restore us and renew us. He says, I want to take those things away so you can have a right relationship with me. That's why Jesus came. That's why this baby, when he grew up, offered his life on that cross. He did that for you. His offer, it is to forgive and to embrace and to empower and to guide and to give you Peace on the inside. Anybody want some of that? Well, this this is my boyhood baseball glove. It's old, it's grungy. Doesn't even fit anymore. It's too small. Why would I hang on to this? Why, why would I keep this? And what does it have to do with Christmas? Well, I'll tell you. This glove was given to me by someone special. My dad. Why? Here's why. With. He gave me this to, to be with me. Some of my most cherished childhood memories are playing catch in the backyard with my dad. I wasn't aware at the time, I wasn't aware of his leadership load. I wasn't aware of his stress level. I wasn't aware of his need for me time. When I asked him to play catch, he said yes every single time. My dad's not here anymore. He died a few years ago. And I'll tell you, I miss him. I keep this. Because this, this reminds me, I've had a dad that wants to be with me. This reminds me, I've had a dad who wants a relationship with me. And so do you. Because that, that's the message. That's the meaning. That, that's Christmas. Matthew put that this way. 
Chapter 1, verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, the center of Christmas, it's not a gathering. It's not a service. It's not a belief. It's not a song. It's not a philosophy. Center of Christmas is this, an invitation into a relationship with the one and only living God through his son, Jesus. And I'm just going to be up front with you because that's the way we roll at the ridge. If your idea of a relationship with God is an occasional church service, you are missing out. There is so much more available. There, there's more in the Bible than the story about Bethlehem. There's more in the story, in the Bible than the story of the manger. There's more in the Bible than the story of the cross. There's more in the Bible than the story of the empty tomb. God, He gives us this because He wants to inform us and protect us and advise us. He wants to help and comfort and support us. He wants to guide us and guard us and give us wisdom and life. And I recognize God, you know, He's not on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, but you and I, we can learn to recognize His voice. How? Like any relationship, the more we put into it, the more we're going to get out of it. The more we invest, the closer we will become. So that's why our invitation to you this Christmas, you heard it on the video from Dane and Joni, it's this. Give it a month. I want to, I want to try one month. I'm going to lean into God. I'm going to take a month and I am going to pursue Him. I'm going to take a month and I am going to be with Him. I am going to take a month and I am going to prioritize Him. And then at the end of that month, look and see, is your quality of life, is it higher or is it lower? And do you want to keep doing that or do you not? You still have that choice. Try it for a month. What does that look like? Maybe for you it looks like this. I'm actually going to pull out the Bible and I'm going to do some reading every day. Maybe start in the Gospel of Luke and take, doesn't even have to be a whole chapter a day. Just take a part of it. You don't have to understand everything in there, but take one thing with you and say, God, show me something in here today and take that with you throughout the day. Or maybe for you, the the leaning into God in this month ahead will be something like, well, you, you got these on your... Seats on the end of the rows, the connection guide. We have a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Activities, opportunities, classes in January. Pick one. Maybe it's just, I'll, I'll pick one thing and, and I'll give that a run. Or maybe for you, it's like, this is the time I'm actually going to be move beyond just a service and get to know some other followers of Jesus. Or maybe for you, the, the leaning into God will be, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him. I'm going to share whatever's on my heart and my mind with him. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just share it with him all throughout the day. Because Christmas, because Christmas shows us the one and only living God set aside his majesty and his power and his authority and his glory. Why? Because he wants to be with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to guide you. He wants to do life with you. You want to do that back? 
Let me close with this. Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The angels, the shepherds, the manger. That's the origin of Christmas. Why? What does it mean? It means the one and only living God of the universe wants a relationship with you. With. Thanks for joining us today and listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship here at The Ridge. If you would like to dig a little deeper into what we've been talking about today, uh, be sure to check out Beyond the Sermon. This is a weekly devotional that goes out after second service on Sunday. There you'll find the scripture that we've been looking at, some questions for you to to dive into. But then there's also a discussion uh, that I have with whoever is teaching that Sunday, and we just dive deeper into different themes and topics from the sermon. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. And also,